Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I, I need some dirt, 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 dirt. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Up to the minute entertainment and pop culture news heard at the top of every hour on My Talk 107.1. Yeah, that's really great. Could you please tell us what's going on? All right, now we tease her where we call her Callie Cuckoo, but of course her real name is Kaylee Kuoko, and she's landed a pretty darn good role. She is going to star in the new uh, streaming show The Flight Attendant. It is based on the 2018 novel by Chris Bohalian. Didn't we have him on? Yes, and he told us. He did. At the end of the interview, we said, is this book The Flight Attendant, which is fantastic. Uh, has it been optioned? He said, yeah, Kelly Cuckoo is going to do it for yeah, a TV series. We're right. like, what? Is it a drama? A no, comedy? Drama. It's, it's about a flight attendant who wakes up hungover next to a dead body in a hotel room and doesn't know if she's the killer, so it sort of has a girl on the train vibe. She's a she's a heavy drinker and a flight attendant, and she loves to travel and pick up strange men in strange cities. And so this is just another night, but the guy is dead. It is a riveting book. It is very girl. Do you on the train. think that Kaylee Cuoco can pull off the title role? I, I don't know why well. not. I'm just sorry to hear that it's going to be on some streaming service that I'm. You know, we probably don't. Oh. Know any of us have. Oh, I bet it, I, is it's on Amazon. No, it's no. a Warner Brothers. It's a new Warner Brothers yeah, TV so you, group. If you want to watch The Flight Attendant, you are going to have to subscribe to another streaming platform, the upcoming Warner Media. No brain. Well, I'm it was a that. good idea while it lasted. Yeah. She's got to be excited because this is a great book. And Chris Bohalian uh, gave it a lot of details. We're in Dubai. We're in Rome. I mean, lots of excitement. All right. Uh, Aziz Ansari is back doing stand-up. He's going to be returning to Netflix. It's coming out uh, July 9th. It is called Aziz Ansari Right Now, directed by Spike Jones. He's a great filmmaker. And it'll be based on Aziz's uh, worldwide Road to Nowhere comedy tour. That's sold out in 75 cities here in the U.S. and 12 countries around the world. So, there's that. All right. And lastly, Hannah Brown. Do we know who that is? You guys know who Hannah Brown is? Uh, yeah. Should we? Is that the Bachelorette? The yeah. Bachelorette, oh, yes. Yeah. Hannah Brown is making no apologies for hooking up with a contestant while other men are still vying for her heart. Yes. Oh, well, why that's, the hell that's should the, she? That's the show. Yeah, that is, that the, is show. the show. Why where, would you, where was the action happening? So she, in, the, in a windmill. Nice. <laughs> that's all right. A little so breeze. She yeah. confronts contestant Luke P. After he appears to shame her for having sex, he says, let's say you've had sex with one or multiple of these guys. I would completely remove myself from the relationship 
And to which and Hannah says, how dare I be judged by a man? Oh, please, shut up. The whole point of the show is that you go on it to have sex with a lot of people. I don't care what you think, that it's about true love. It's about stupping in a windmill. Yeah. Get it, Hannah. Get it. Stupping in a windmill. I like that. Thanks, Holly. That is your Dirt Alert update. More on the website for you at mytalk1071.com and via the app downloaded. I just needed some dirt. Thank you. My Talk Dirt Alerts at the top of every hour and at 820, 1271. On My Talk 107. Welcome back, Lori and Julia's show here on My Talk 107. What everything Evans David Holly Roberts in for Julia. And uh, coming up on August 3rd, we got a fun event for you at Lake Nicomas. It's the High V Pinky Square Kids Triathlon. This is a non-time, non-competitive race for kids of all abilities, ages 6 to 18, and a Pinky Square Foundation fundraising event. Let's see, non-time to non-competitive. Lori, that's up right at your alley. Non-time to non-competitive. I didn't hear what but you were talking about. But it's for children, yeah. Donnie. I know. I, yeah. know. I was trying to make a joke. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had my mic turned off and my headset off. I'm so wow. sorry. <laughs> wow. She really cares about you, Donnie. Donnie, I, I have a guest in studio. My friend Sherlyn. I've met Sherlyn. The I met famous Sherlyn. Who? Didn't I meet her in Vegas? Yes, you yeah, met Sherlyn in Vegas. And didn't she know all the words to Rapper's Delight? That is absolutely okay. correct. Nice. Hidden talents. And she knows all the words to Many, many songs. I turned around to Lizzo today. I said, I want you to learn these songs, Juice and Boys. Anyway, good to have Sherlyn in studio. She's my girlfriend who came up with, uh, came out of the bathroom wearing the Treasure Island shampoo bottle cap <laughs> and her top, which launched Body Perks, which right. launched us into this radio show. The rest is history. Full and circle. here we are. Yeah, uh, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> okay, so uh, across the pond, another big uh, sporting event is happening. Wimbledon is going on. My brother is going crazy because he's going to have company at his house and he DVRs all the matches and then likes to watch him. And he's like, all these people from out of town are going to be in my Wimbledon way. And I'm like, you'll be fine. Yeah, he's concerned about the visitor. He wants peace and quiet while watching his tennis matches. So yesterday, pretty big uh, thing happened at Wimbledon. Venus Williams was beaten in the first round by a 15-year-old. Uh, it was just rough. We'll put it that way. Last year, I remember day one was rough. I think last year, I, f- I think by the third round, all the top 10 women were out last year. Think, and yeah. and uh, on the women's side, the second seed, Naomi Osaka, lost in her opening round on center court. Ooh. And then Venus uh, Williams lost. And so we've got a little audio from Jimmy. A five-time champ falls to a 15-year-old phenom. A symbolic upset at Wimbledon. Standing ovation. American Corey Goff 
taking out Venus Williams in straight sets. Corey, who goes by Coco, was overcome with emotion after that final point. She can't believe it. I think we just saw a star is born. And look at her proud parents, Corey and Candy, on their feet. My dad uh, was just jumping up every time I won a point, and um, I'm just so happy and blessed. Coco shared a long handshake at the net with her idol after the match. I was just telling her thank you for everything that she's done for the sport, and um, she's been an inspiration for many people. Coco is the youngest player ever to make it through qualifying for Wimbledon's main draw, and this was a storybook Wimbledon debut. On the court, I was not thinking about Venus. I was just playing my game. 39-year-old Venus had already won two Wimbledon titles by 2004. That was the year Coco was born. The teen <laughs> is even younger than many of the ball kids. The drama played out before a packed house at the All England Club. I saw the stadium uh, yesterday, but it was completely empty. But, I mean, it looks so much bigger when there's actually people inside. In the end, the 15-year-old outplayed and overpowered the veteran. Great things are in store for this young 15-year-old. She did everything well today. Served well, moved well. It was, it was a great match for her. But in the middle of it all, this breakout star still managed to hit the books. She even took a high school science exam during the early qualifying rounds. Tess, I got a B, and today I'll give myself an A. <laughs> She's okay. so cute. She's a kid. Let me remind you, we see her on this world stage. She's a kid. Some of her teachers didn't even know she played tennis up wow. until now. And she that. found out she was playing Venus through Instagram. She said her agent sent her a text that just said, Venus Williams, she didn't know what that meant. So she had to go to Instagram to find out that even <laughs> she was playing. But she has another match coming up tomorrow against the 139th ranked player in the world. Watch out for this young lady. But just a fun moment yesterday. And she is um, the youngest tennis player to win a match at Wimbledon since 91. And uh, when Jennifer Capriati won Wimbledon at the age of 14. And Venus, this grass is her thing. Yes. That is her best. Yes. But she's she's 39. Which is... Venus, thirty-nine—that's old, 39. For, a tennis That's old that, for a tennis yeah. player, and uh, she was just a finalist, so just two years ago yeah. in Wimbledon. So well, two years is a long time. Yeah, in the world I guess of sport. so. I guess so. Duchess Kate was at the Wimbledon. Of course, if I was royal and I had a royal box center court, I'd be at Wimbledon every damn day in a new dress. <laughs> she is wearing a dress. Donnie posted it. Yep. God, she loves her buttons. Duchess of buttons. She's got a shirt Kate dress on. Kate likes buttons. Yeah. Haven't you ever noticed all the buttons she wears? I just she's like Duchess she's of just buttons. Wears the same variation on a theme. Take a look and tell me I'm not wrong, but her nickname could be the Duchess of buttons because she loves buttons. She yeah. has them on everything, and she can pull off the double-breasted look. She's tall. She's thin. thin mm-hmm. Anyway, so she, uh, no word when we're going to see Meghan Markle in the royal box. I feel like it, she's probably going to watch she's gonna Serena. Go to oh, yeah. She's going to watch, watch Serena. Serena. Yeah. Whenever it, Serena makes it to a certain point, I think that she'll make an appearance. Anna Wintour is there today because her favorite tennis buddy, Roger Federer, is playing in center court. He's sandwiched between the two women's finals. So, um, anyway. I'm sure that's who Kate was going to see, Roger Federer. Oh yes, of course. But anyway, if I was a British Duchess, man, that would be that would be a real good perk of the royal going to Wimbledon, going to sitting Wimbledon, in the royal sitting box, in the center box, and <laughs> having your strawberries and cream in a Pim's cup and everything else. Well, that sounds delightful, doesn't it? Yes. And then Serena, she uh, she stepped out. Uh, she in the on the court. She she 
I won't, I guess, I, do I say whether or not what happened to her? I just, let's stick to uh, what maybe yeah, she maybe, was wearing yeah. in her outfit, which was guess, very was, delightful. Was it yes, <laughs> yes, it was. It was. It has to be. But it was, uh, she had a funky see-through jacket, so she's keeping it uh, Serena. And she, she had a brooch, which was specifically made for her by Nike using 34 Swarovski crystals. Wow. To mark the age Serena was like a, little, a brooch? like well like a brooch oh, but they're calling brooch. it a brooch because it's oh. in the Nike swoosh oh. so oh. it's in the shape <laughs> see it's punny That's cute. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, thirty four crystals to mark the age Serena was when she most recently won Wimbledon in twenty sixteen that according to Nike all right very good that's very nice plug for Nike I like that uh, when we come back it is uh, time for random thoughts everybody. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. <laughs> That's all it is. I've got a random that's just in time for the 4th of July. Please. Okay, so here is the deal. Minnesota Parks will offer quiet areas for military veterans on the 4th of July. There are no fireworks in state parks. Truer words were never spoken by Erica Rivers, who's, uh, I don't know, does something with the DNR. She said, not everyone enjoys the light and sound associated with fireworks. I give you dogs, and she's saying veterans. So active military personnel and veterans with service-related disability also are eligible to get a free year-round vehicle permit to go to all 75 Minnesota state parks. And so on the 4th of July, they're just offering for a veteran. So you can go to uh, mndnr.gov or contact the DNR Information Center. But um, that is, they're wanting to offer a refuge in the parks for people who do not like. That's a good idea. The 4th of July. And I just have a travel tip. Yes. Travel tip? If you're going on a trip. I should have told you this, Donnie, before you left. I gave you my great packing list. You did, which I used. Did you use it? Absolutely. Okay, so if you are going on a trip and you do you usually bring a laundry bag or take a, yes. a plastic bag? Yes. yes, for the dirty things. Yep. Yes, but that dirty thing, especially if you're going on a long trip or you're on a beach trip, it gets funky. It gets stinky. So what you do is you take a bounce or a whatever kind of a dryer sheet. And you put that in your bag that you're going to have your, you know, used clothes. And that's how you carry it home. And then when you open it up, instead of being assailed with the scent of funky feet and whatever else, (laughs) you smell Febreze. That's That's a a great idea. idea. So you stick the sheet in in just just anywhere. Any bag where you're going to have it. And then when you start throwing in your dirties. It won't be so stinky. That's nice. Yeah. All right. We've got a a milestone today, ladies and gentlemen. The Sony Walkman is 40 years old today. Oh Happy birthday, Walkman. Oh, I loved my yellow Walkman I that I had sporty. so I could rollerblade yeah. yeah. uh, and use my mixtapes, which I faithfully <laughs> made all the time. Oh, it oh. hit the market on the July 1st yesterday, actually, 1979. It ran on two AA batteries. It played cassettes, of course, had no external speaker. So you had to have the headphones oh, plugged in. So great. Now the Walkman, when it debuted in Japan, cost one hundred and fifty dollars. That was then. If you figure inflation, that's today's money five hundred and. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. 
You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. $30. Yeah, I waited a a little while before (laughs) I got my Walkman. I didn't buy it right away, but man, did I want it. Well, just think about how much technology it costs so much to have the hottest thing, like a VCR, yeah. Oh, yeah. a CD expensive. player. Very we expensive. got a so C- smart TVs yeah. when those first came yeah. out. They were a fortune. We got a CD player in the 80s. Me too. And it was just like the coolest thing ever, but it was so expensive and there were barely any albums out. <laughs> so true. now when I think of being little, I think of like we had a Glenn Miller CD and like some kind of weird like rock and roll compilation. Like, so it was just so limited, but it was so up like cool yeah. and yeah. of the moment on the big stereo. And then they made the Walkman CD thing. The Discman. The, the Discman. Disc did yes. indeed, yes. Anyway, the Walkman sold about 200 million of those. And uh, as we uh, wax nostalgic... Lori was listening to her Walkman in 1979. Did oh, I didn't have a Walkman in 1979. Oh, you didn't. I did not get it till I got out of college. Oh, okay. I needed to. I did. You said rollerblades. Yeah. So, okay. so that well, was that was in the early. If you 80s. were listening to your Walkman yeah. in July of 1979, oh, this was to. the number one song. <laughs> oh. Ring my bell. Number one. This was a great song. Ring my that's a one-hit wonder by the name of Anita Ward. Oh, <laughs> I hope you're on your roller skates with your high socks and short shorts. Oh, yeah. Spinning around to that one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm, I was at a disco with a light-up disc, you know, dance floor. That was pretty exciting. I don't remember any roller skates. <laughs> You don't remember That's right. any roller skates, Lori. Uh, well, our, let's jump to the 21st century because this rings true to me. That there's a new report from Nielsen that says that millennials spend an average of 9.4 minutes choosing what to watch on streaming services. How many minutes? Like about 10 minutes. Okay. Just waffling back and forth. Now, people between 35 and 54 need eight minutes. And uh, oh, people older than that only take about five minutes yeah. to well, pick and have decide. less time left. <laughs> die. Come on, time. pick something. There is a lot. <laughs> like if you are looking for a new show, there's so many choices. If you're like, okay, do we want to binge on? I mean, it's just like. And I'm fine with that because think about how long it used to take when you were at a video store meandering through the aisles. I know. The video stores. Oh, I loved the new release aisle. It would be so exciting. Except when there were no copies left of the movie that you wanted. But just the curiosity and the discovery of it. Now you just sit and look at the screen and you're like, okay, what is the algorithm telling me that I want to watch today? Yeah. And then it gets stressful. And then Is you that end algorithm up watching. all based on what you've already watched on your... Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
which is really unnerving. And I don't like that. Yeah. Because just because I watched something in the past doesn't mean that I'm going to be interested in watching something like that in the future. Surprise me, Netflix. I'm ready. Yeah, you're ready. Hey, by the way, if you're ready to get a good deal to go to Europe, we just have the opportunity because Aer Lingus started (gasps) their flights yesterday. Dublin, Minneapolis. That's right. It is uh, flight 89 arrived. And I love what they do when you have new service. Whenever a new carrier initiates service into a city, when the plane lands, it's always met by, um, you know, the water cannon salute as mm-hmm. it lands. Yeah. And they've got the fire trucks out there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, and of course, Dublin, remember when Medtronic skipped out of town and went to Dublin? So they've there's a lot of business back and forth. But, but having this six, it'll be daily flights, except for one day a week. I think it goes to seven uh, a little bit later, but a daily flight because then... Uh, from Dublin, you can connect um, to twenty through twenty three airports throughout the throughout Europe. So it's just bringing well, you bringing the airfare down. They're also marketing the Irish love to shop, so of course they're marketing the Mall of America, and they have shopping clubs in in Ireland that are devoted to going to shopping places. So, uh, and of course Minnesota, ten percent at least of Minnesotans are Irish ancestry. Yeah. So people are kind of it's exciting because it will bring. Um, it'll just make international traveler. It, now we have more competition. We have Iceland Air, Delta, and Aer Lingus. And it's really fun to fly on a country, uh, the flag carrier, because like Aer Lingus is, is the, you know, parent company that owns British Airways and Iberian Airways. So they always, you know, they will have great uniforms, the darling accents, well, you know, the yeah. specialty yeah. little food or drink items that will be served. Very civilized still to fly internationally, even if you're flying coach. That is true. That is you get true. the full meal deal, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got two meals. Yes. yes. Coming it's, back from Rome, I got it's, yeah, twice. It's, it's the last place, let's knock on wood, that that stays. Yeah, really. But anyway, so it's really... Exciting for uh, international uh, travelers, you know, because it will just make getting to Europe even a little bit uh, less expensive. And they're doing, they're also offering the thing um, where you can have a stopover in uh, Reykjavik. Nice. Like for two or three or four, however many days. If that way, if you're trying to, you know, do Paris and uh, Iceland. Yeah, well, such easy access. You get into Dublin, and then even if you're not going on Aer Lingus, you can get Ryanair, EasyJet, all yeah. of those little things. And for nothing. For nothing. It is to literally nothing. To go to nothing. Malaga or go to Greece. I mean, you could go to a lot of different places. So, yay! Contact your travel agent, people. <laughs> That's all I got to say. And we Thank always you. urge you to use one. Yes, we do. <laughs> Time and money will be saved. All right, listen, we come back. I guess we got to keep unpacking the Taylor Swift story. More has happened. We will catch you up when we come back. All right, this uh, traffic is uh, brought to you by the American Refugee Committee. And it's going to be one of the shortest traffic reports we've ever had because there's absolutely nothing happening except for... A-
Sunflower by Post Malone. Love that song. Not sick of it yet. No, it's good. It is good. Okay, so uh, Taylor Swift and the Scooter Braun mess. Uh, let's just let entertainment tonight uh, fill us in so we don't have to unpack the puzzle for you. We'll let them start and then we'll go from there. <laughs> Taylor launched the nasty new feud with a long Tumblr post saying she was, quote, sad and grossed out by the news that Justin's manager, Scooter Braun, is going to own her music. Taylor left her record company, Big Machine, last November. The label went up for sale and Scooter just bought it for $300 million, which means he owns Taylor's biggest hits from her first six albums. Taylor called the deal my worst case scenario. No one likes the thought of being owned themselves or their work. Chris Woolman, who covers music for Variety, says for Scooter, it's all about business. It's an asset that through streaming and everything else is going to be reaping rewards for many years to come. Swift also called Scooter a bully, and to make her point, shared this 2016 screenshot from Justin's Instagram, which showed him FaceTiming with Scooter and Taylor's longtime nemesis, Kanye West. Bieber pushed back hard, telling Taylor her attack crossed the line. Justin apologized for his old post, then ripped into Swift, asking, quote, What were you trying to accomplish by posting that blog? Seems to me like it was to get sympathy. You also knew that in posting that, your fans would go and bully Scooter. As of this afternoon, no word yet from Scooter, but his wife, Yale Cohen Braun, slammed Taylor, quote, And girl, who are you to talk about bullying? The world has watched you collect and drop friends like wilted flowers. She could oh. be a lyricist with that line. <laughs> Ooh! I mean, that line. Let's play. We've got one more. Oh, yes, we do. Another one. Okay. Okay, here we go. So, just who is Scooter Braun? Well, not only did he discover Bieber on YouTube, but he also manages Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, and Taylor's enemy number one, Kanye West. I want my clients to trust me because they know I care. I think everything has to do with karma, and I think I've done... My company's done pretty well for itself. Of course, Taylor and Kanye's feud started during that infamous 2009 BMA ambush. Kanye then became Scooter's client in 2016. That's when he released this famous and explicit music video. Taylor said she was blindsided by what her team called a, quote, misogynistic line. But Taylor now accuses Scooter of helping to orchestrate what she calls incessant manipulative bullying. Are you ready for it? She says famous is nothing more than a, quote, revenge porn music video, which strips my body naked. Taylor says Scooter has now stripped her life's work with the purchase of her music catalog. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so there <laughs> is a lot uh, going on there. And the music industry was waiting to see if Taylor would re-sign last November with her record label, this uh, big machine. Big machine. She didn't. She didn't. And three weeks after that big machine contract lab, she announced she'd signed a new deal with Universal and Republic, where the deal was she writes something, she owns it, which it does seem like an archaic old way of doing business, that the songs you write are owned by your record label and not by you. I right. mean, it seems like that needs to change. But I guess... Back then, Universal, who she signed with, was in play to buy Big Machine Records. Back when she signed with Republic, yes. Universal Music Group was were, one of the people or organizations yes. interested in buying the Big Machine. So then, maybe she was thinking, 
All right, this deal goes through with yeah. Universal Music. So Everything's going to be okay. They'll yeah. have my masters. That's fine. I'll own my new ones. So, and everybody thought, you know, that that was going to be the way it was until over the weekend. And once the news broke that he bought a big machine, uh, record label Taylor shared her feelings about it on uh, Tumblr. And people are taking sides. Really, this is like... Uh, the Avengers Civil War style in <laughs> in in Hollywood because uh, Team Swift is Cher is on that team. Um, Halsey. Halsey, all kinds of Brandon Urie from Panic at the Disco, Cara Delevingne, a uh, lot of people, and then uh, let's see, Demi Lovato came out for uh, Scooter, Scooter and then Sia did. But everyone who's come out for Scooter has all taken down their posts. But people, of course, take the screenshots. So I guess my question to you, Holly, is we're not just talking about the ownership of the masters because we're talking about old celebrity feuds and grudges. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is instead of having the focus conversation about artists' rights and ownership of their music, now we're back in a conversation about what she knew and when she knew because she named up Kim Kardashian. I mean, it's like feels like... There's a lot of other things mixed up in when you read her whole Tumblr post because she does name drop Kim. and But I think at the end of it, she's very bitter that all the business of her songwriting is owned by this guy who she can't stand. That's it. That's the bitter pill. That at the end of the day is the bitter pill that Taylor Swift is taking because there's two different things that are happening. One is the business deal that took place. She never owned her masters with big machine, but the deal went through and Scooter Braun now owns them. That's the business of music and it stinks for her and she's mad about it. But the, one of the big reasons, I think everyone, people are supportive of artists owning their own music. It seems crazy. It seems like such an archaic outdated business model right right and well and it's gonna have to be looked at in 2019 so that's a whole separate issue of how record labels are managing deals with their artists and in exchange because it's like hey the the deal is is that taylor swift unknown person this record company is like okay well we're gonna take it we're gonna take a chance on you we're gonna pour in a lot of money into your career in exchange for all of that for us building the idea of Taylor Swift and creating you into a superstar but they didn't gonna, know that they would be able to do that they didn't know that she but was the, gonna that's be the, the point yeah you that's know, the, the chance that they're taking yeah. where they're like unknown Taylor Swift we don't know it more than likely when they signed Taylor Swift, they were like, we didn't know that she was going to be the superstar that she was, but the whole point is to build her career and we have the resources, the marketing, the distribution, the production, all of this stuff, and we're going to give you advances for this and this money. In exchange for that, we're going to hold on to these master recordings because in a sense, like we made these because she still has her publishing rights. But but I think that if she just... Maybe if she hadn't have brought in the old grudges and if she oh, just yeah, kept yeah, yeah, it yeah. to be, the music came for me. This is my art. I should own all of it. I wrote it. This is why I signed with my new label. Blah, blah, blah. I've made it my goal. Blah, 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 blah. You know, oh, and totally. just kept it to that. Totally. It might have been, um, it wouldn't have gotten so messy. Yeah, you're right. Because the other part of this 
is that this is all like a decade of animosity and drama, personal drama and beefs and feuds and all of these things that are muddled into this. And in her post on Tumblr, it's all interconnected together. It's the Real Housewives of the Music Industry label. Oh my gosh, I mean, it really, is. It but is. you're right, Lori, where it is, where it's like, okay, you know, we could talk about artist rights and, and other things and the way that the business of music is done, but then it's also mixed in with all this personal drama but then it's like all of this is mixed together because it's people what does selena have to say i want to know has she spoken out about it who's that selena Selena. Selena Selena she made her well you know she's team taylor well of course she's team taylor and that's the reason why taylor swift and justin bieber a big reason why while their why their relationship ended up going the way of the dodo is because Taylor, Taylor hated Bieber and Selena together. Yes. They were a terrible couple. Yeah. It was drama, drama, and every time he went out of town, hookers and blow. Yeah. Hookers and blow. It just gets old as the girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? Really, dude? And she was protecting her friend Selena Gomez from Justin Bieber because. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Because they went to, the three of them went to award shows together back in the day. And they were very chummy. But this all, oh gosh, it's like, it's like high school. It never ends. Kind of. Kind, (laughs) kind, kind of. Unfortunately, it never ends. Well... It can be a dirty business. Yeah. That is the business. Scooter Braun hasn't said a damn thing, but he's letting his people leak all over the place saying that he tried to have a mature and private phone call with Taylor Swift. I'd hang up on the guy, too. I wouldn't have taken the damn call. Well, that's what I mean. Where these He calls her the day before. Oh, by the way, I'm going to own every song that you wrote. Right. This business and these interpersonal relationships are totally mixed together in a way that's just like ugh. all of taylor's things involve phone calls have you noticed that yes the kanye phone call kanye says hi uh i i don't know there's always a lot of phone calls but anyway this summer beef story i think is not going anywhere summer beef uh, yeah summer beef <laughs> feeling makes a whole me song. feel weird <laughs> anyway yeah. supposedly braun is shocked by Taylor's behavior and is very hurt. What has he heard about? He can't. He be. just bought. You know. I mean, yeah, he's hurt. What he spent three hundred million dollars. Does he have six hundred million? 
I mean, he must really have a lot of dough. Well, this was through that Ithaca Holdings, and that is a... He's gotten venture capital money and some other funding, so it's not his money. He's gotten outside money from other people in order to buy all of this stuff. I hated his BS line of his people about it's all about business. Uh, That Yeah, it's... Oh, it's so messy. It's so messy. All right, listen, when we come back, we are going to Hollywood speak... Uh, we've got thoughts on love from this fabulous actress. We'll dissect. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood! Hollywood's speaking! What is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of this? So, uh, Zoe Kravitz got married in Paris over the weekend at her dad's uh, Chateau Mansion right in Paris. And she covers the July issue of British Vogue. Looking amazing. But anyway... <laughs> I digress, but she uh, she mostly is talking about Big Little Lies, too, um, and what it was like growing up with famous parents and about her love, who's now her husband. Here's what she says about her husband, Carl Glusman, which when she did the interview, they were just engaged. She um, met him three years ago via mutual acquaintance. She says, I love that it wasn't on an app and that it wasn't on a movie f- set. My friend knew that I wanted to meet someone, not even to get serious. I think just to get laid, to be completely honest. <laughs> and then I met him, and I instantly felt something. And now they're married. And now they're married. Well, he looks delightful. Do we know Don't any know details him. about But I, I think it's interesting that she loved that he it wasn't on an app, so she's probably tried Raya, t- Tinder for Famous People, and that it wasn't on a movie set because... Cliche. Yeah. Cliche. Onset romances. Um, he's an actor and mm-hmm. he's been in The Neon Demon and Nocturnal Animals. So he's had some small roles, small roles. here and there. Well, here, the one thing I do, I will just say <clears throat> about her career, she said, when I got into acting school, I never knew if it was because of my audition or my last name. I, that would be a, something to think about as a child of two superstars. I feel that... Uh, She's obviously proven herself. I know, but I feel like you did get jobs and auditions because you were Zoe Kravitz. Auditions, yes. Jobs, maybe. Maybe. All but right. there's a curiosity factor. She can't factor. help it that she's the daughter of Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz, for crying out loud. I, I feel like she's gotten to the point in her career where she just embraces it. Yeah, she's... So good on Big Little Lies. She is. She kind of has this quiet, like, steel about her, but she's a real good eyeball actress, like Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> In the handmaid's with their eyes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah, Bonnie, good. right? Bonnie, yeah. 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 She holds a lot in. So well, she just has to, well, you know. Kind of has to at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, boy. Here's, <laughs> listen to this. Khloe Kardashian says Tristan can see true, quote unquote, Whenever he wants. Oh, please. Please. Girl. (laughs) Why? Nobody believes that for a second. No. She lives in Calabasas. He bought a house in Calabasas. All right. He did buy a house. And speaking to Us Weekly magazine, um, you know, she said, we're really good co-parents together. And I just thought, what? really? Oh, well, considering one of the clips from Sunday night's Keeping Up with the Kardashians was Khloe Kardashian drunk, yelling at one of his friends and assuming that Tristan was in the background saying she's saying things yeah. that I can't say on the radio. Right. Calling Jordan Woods fat. 
Yeah. Among other things. They really did use the F-bomb quite a bit in, in the last couple episodes. Oh, of yeah. yeah. Lots people of bleeps. Are, people are angry. All right. How about this? How about this story? Lady Gaga may play Bradley Cooper's love interest in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> I made that one up. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thanks, might, Donnie. Might yeah. as well have. <laughs> Here's where the rumors began, though. There's a Twitter account called Film Updates, and that tweeted that Gaga is being considered for the role. That's a completely made-up story by Film Updates because we just said <laughs> the name of that website two times. Yeah. And we've never even heard of heard it before. It is but, but, creative, though, you must admit. You get it. Well, because yes. keep in mind that Bradley Cooper's character in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a CGI raccoon who talks. Right. So So what would her love interest be? She would be an otter from Maybe the an same planner. <laughs> an otter. No, she's an otter. She would be voice. An otter. She okay. would voice Lila, a senti- sentient. 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 Mm-hmm. That's intelligence. Otter from the same planet as Rocket. <laughs> it's Marvel almost, is not it's commenting. It's almost so stupid that I actually kind of believe, believe it. Believe it. Okay. <laughs> now, this is somebody who must be on Team Taylor because Emma Portner who choreographed Justin Bieber's Purpose World Tour in 2016, uh, took to Instagram last night, and here's what she said. I regret working under your name, Justin Bieber. I gave your universe my creativity, time, and effort twice for content you made millions off of while I made zilch. I couldn't afford to eat. I was sweeping studio floors to be able to s- practice my craft. The way you treat women is an abomination. Mm. Jeez. Yeah. Page six reached out to Bieber's team, and all they had to say is Bieber wasn't even privy to what was going on with budgets. So Scooter Braun screwed her, too. Yeah. Well, and then there's a whole back and forth. Um, oh, gosh, the person. Well, she's married to Ellen Page. Yes, she this is. choreographer. Married, yes, Emma Portner is married to uh, Emma, or excuse me, Ellen, Ellen Page. Page. There, who was the person yesterday that was going after Scooter Braun and Justin Bieber and uh, the person from RuPaul's Drag Race? Was it not Todrick Hall? Oh, it was Todrick Hall. Okay. But saying that, like, there is a lot of mismanagement of finances on the part of Scooter Braun and the fact that in showing the receipts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a little Hollywood accounting going on here. Now, I do believe the fact that Justin Bieber wasn't even privy to these numbers because why would he be? But to your point, Lauren, Scooter Braun and his people were doing the accounting there. And in her post, she went on to slam Bieber for being part of Hillsong Church, which has anti-LGBTQ views, Mm -hmm. and um, Ellen Page said the same thing about Hillsong, and she said, uh, and and your company hired an out lesbian in your music video and to to do choreography for your tour? How do you feel about that? Mm. No response other than he had nothing to do with budgets. Yeah. So, anyway, but that's another person calling out the whole situation. Yeah. And I would, uh, I would uh, invite more people okay. to maybe speak forward to. Okay, now here's another one. Gloria Vanderbilt left everything to Anderson Cooper. Really? Wow. He told Howard Stern five years ago or four years ago that he didn't expect to inherit any of his mother's fortune, which was estimated about $200 million. He said, my mom's made it clear to me that there's no trust fund. There's none of that. 
And I personally don't believe in inheriting money. I think it's an initiative sucker. I think it's a curse. Who's inherited a lot of money that's gone on to do great things in their life? So he didn't know growing up there'd be a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but his mom did leave him everything. Yeah. In her will. Yeah. So I will be interested to see what Anderson Cooper does with this. Well, he'll probably do great things with it and maybe even be quiet. Her oldest son from the conductor. Leopold Stokowski. Thank you. He gets her midtown Manhattan apartment at 30 Beekman Place. Well, that's nice. Are they still estranged? Were they, they still estranged yeah. at the time no, the of her middle death? Son, the middle son. The middle is son is estranged. Okay. So. Is, yeah. You're talking about the eldest son. Oh, ah. the eldest son. Yeah. yeah. So he gets the apartment, which is probably $25 million. Mm. That's conservative. Conservative. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's conservative. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, she left absolutely nothing to the middle kid. Mm. Well, they had been estranged for himself, almost 50, 40, 40 yeah. years. It's. Listen to There's this. No he cut himself off from his mom over a dispute with his mom's psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Now that is literally rich people problems. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. remember her talking about this in the documentary about her life, where yeah. it was just like, and then how does the son become estranged from his mother by talking to the psychiatrist? Isn't there patient, <laughs> patient privilege confidentiality? I don't know. Jeez. Seems odd. Um, and and uh, I guess Cooper told Page Six a couple of years ago he did reconnect and reconcile with his long lost half brother after the movie came out, um, but he didn't really want to. Meaning the brother, the half brother of Anderson Cooper, he didn't, didn't want a relationship with Anderson Cooper. No, he didn't. Oh, you so. can't force people. Anyway, so Anderson Cooper didn't think he was getting a damn thing in the will and. Got a little gene money. Well, apparently she owned a lot of her money is in uh, property, yeah. real estate. I would imagine there's going to be some very re- happy real estate agents out there getting some big, big listings. I would think that maybe she would invest it in art too. Yeah, because probably. she loved to paint. She loved to be an artist, and that she probably had a savvy art collection too. Yeah. So watch out, Christie's. There you go. Might be getting the Glory Vanderbilt collection. There you go. And uh, last but not least, Netflix is ordering another supernatural series from the Hill House team Good. called Midnight Mass. I feel like this is a very spooky. Good uh, decision. It's from the same creator of Hill House, the same executive producer. So that just seems like a no brainer in the money department, right? Like yep. It. There you go. Bring like it on. It. People love their scary shows. Yes. When is Hill House, The Hunting of Hill House, coming back? Is that a fall? I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. At the earliest, not off the top. That was of a great head, show. That no. We were all binging that show. Scary. All right, listen, we'll be back.